Now it's time to take a sports break, a look at sports history on a daily basis. Hello, my friends of sports history. This is Darren Hayes of the Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. Welcome once again to the Pig Pen, your place for all things great in sports history. And welcome to another edition of your sports break, as we will talk about some of the greatest athletes and their jersey numbers, if we can find them, for the date of May 12th, associated with the four major sports. And we're going to really travel around the sports history today. We're going to start off in the realm of baseball and go to one of our favorite sites for this daily baseball knowledge, and that's This Day in Baseball and their May 12th coverage that we have a link to on jerseydispatch.com for this May 12th edition. And you can follow the link right from your show notes of this very podcast to take you into Jersey Dispatch. Thus, get into thisdayinbaseball.com. Now, they tell us that on May 12th, 1956, Carl Erksine of Brooklyn Dodgers hurled a no-hitter against the New York Giants. And boy, that had to be spectacular to watch that when you can have those pitchers just totally shut down another team from the same city you're in and uh, had to be something special to watch. Now, this day, May 12th in the year 2000, uh, this day in baseball.com tells us that Boston Red Sox pitcher Pedro Martinez, who posted 17 strikeouts in his last start on May 6th against Tampa Bay, struck out 15 in a 9 to nothing shutout over the Baltimore Orioles to tie an American League record set by the Cleveland Indians' Louis Tiant in 1968 for the most strikeouts in a two games and boy he was uh he was on he was on pedro martinez one of the greats and uh we thank this day in baseball.com for that now another stop that we love to go to for baseball coverage is 80sbaseball.com jay daniel our friend has a, a great site there he loves to share some knowledge about the each day of the baseball season in the decade of the 1980s and he has some spectacular things celebrates some birthdays celebrates some uh, debuts trades and big days and nothing was bigger than the big day that was held by Mario Soto on May 12, 1984. This pitcher lost a no-hitter with two outs in the top of the ninth inning when George Hendrick homered to tie the game and make it tied one to one. Cincinnati ended up winning the game two to one, but Soto lost his no-hitter uh, with that bottom of the ninth two-out uh, single by Hendrick. And that is 80sbaseball.com. Jay Daniel, we thank him for that. Make sure you check out both those sites through the show notes and on jerseydispatch.com. Now, before we go any further, let's make sure you're aware of our newsletter. It comes out each and every day about 6.30 a.m. We'd love to have you join us and show you everything that we have going on in the pig pen that day. That's jerseydispatch.com, pigskindispatch.com, orvamulligan.com, and anything new from the Sports History Network as well, as well as our podcasts that are coming out for the day. Great links there. comes in your email inbox, totally free. Cancel at any time, and uh, so easy to sign up for. Show notes of this podcast or the top of pigskindispatch.com or jerseydispatch.com dispatch.com now let's go over to the hardwoods of basketball and nba.com offers you know a bunch of great nuggets every day for history of basketball and on this date may 12 1985 the new york 
Knicks won their first ever NBA draft lottery. It enabled the Knickerbockers to select Georgetown center Patrick Ewing, who would end up wearing number 33 with the Knicks as the first pick in the 1985 NBA draft. And boy, when you can get a big man with the talent of Patrick Ewing, you're going to grab onto that. So they were winning the lottery on that day. May 12, 1992, the USA Basketball, they won sort of a lottery too because they named Christian Leitner and Clyde Drexler as the two remaining spots on the Dream Team for the 1992 Olympics. And boy, what a cast of uh, roster that was for that Dream Team that went in the Olympics and won gold by no surprise. Boy, they were super talented. So let's go and talk about maybe a birthday that's happening today on this day in sports and it comes from the realm of baseball and one of the most biggest characters in baseball history had to be Yogi Berra. He was born on May 12, 1925 in St. Louis, Missouri and he, he was a Hall of Fame catcher. Now Yogi played catcher, left field, right field and first base and third base wearing a number 8 on the New York Yankees uh, from 1948 to 1963. He was their manager in 1985 uh, managed the Mets in 65, the Astros in 1987. For 19 seasons, he batted with a 285 career batting average, had an on base percentage of 42, and 358 home runs, and always was a great uh, quote after a game, before a game, whenever reporters could get a mic in front of him and take some notes. Yogi Bear always had something amazing to say, and his common sense and uh, Captain Obvious type quotes are just infamous, and uh, still we use them today. What a character, Yogi Bear, born this day. Now let's go back into our sports history and talk about a little bit more baseball. May 12, 1910, ace pitcher and future Hall of Famer of the Philadelphia Athletics, Charles Bender, threw a no-hit shutout against the Cleveland Naps. They won 4-0. Bender would go on to win three World Series championships during his illustrious baseball career. And on May 12, 1955, an awesome bit of history here. Now, there are some guys from baseball that have great nicknames. And this next story for sports is a dandy. Now, Chicago Cubs pitcher, number 27, known as the Toothpick. Now, his real name was Sam Jones. And he became the first African-American to, to pitch a no-hitter in a Major League Baseball. Now, known as Toothpick Sam, probably because of his six-foot-four, 192-pound frame, he threw fire and stumped the Pittsburgh Pirates on that day in 1955, four to nothing at Wrigley Field. Great uh, name in baseball and great pitcher. May 12, 1956, we had another great Brooklyn Dodger pitcher, number 17, Carl Erkstein, blacked the New York Giants three to nothing in his second career no-hitter. And how about May 12, 1970, Ernie Banks hit his 500th career home run. Banks were number 14 for the Chicago Cubs for 19 seasons, and he ended up with 512 base-clearing blasts over the wall for his career. And uh, a great one in Ernie Banks. Now let's jump over to our football side on pigskindispatch.com. And we have a bunch of birthdays to celebrate of, of Hall of Famers. Uh, born May 12, 1934 in Youngstown, Ohio, was Harold Davis, the quarterback from 1953 to 1956 of the Westminster College 
here in western Pennsylvania down in New Wilmington uh, area. Now that uh, stud player Davis was uh, for the Westminster Titans as he led the program to great success of undefeated seasons in 1953, 55, and 56 to post an overall record of 27-1-1 for the National Football Foundation. Now Davis was a three-time NAIA All-American who was a multi-threat quarterback who could run and throw. Remember, this is the 1950s and a great athlete who was also a star on the Harwoods, Hardwoods as he scored over 1,200 career basketball points during his college career and ranked 17th on the all-time Westminster scoring list. Now, Harold Davis received the great honor of being selected for inclusion into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2004. Now, we have more birthdays of Hall of Famers for this May 12th, and we go to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in 1872, and Princeton University's guard from 1892 to 1894, Art Wheeler, arrived to claim his birth on this date. Now, Wheeler in college found himself at the pinnacle of early football as the Yale Bulldogs were riding a 37-game winning streak were about to test the 10-0 Princeton Tigers with Art as a member for the season's finale in 1893. Now, the footballfoundation.org describes that without question, the 1893 National Championship will go to the winner of this game between Yale and Princeton, and time after time, the Princeton defense responded to the Yale scoring threats as a guard named Arthur, Beef was his nickname, Wheeler, had that led that charge, and Yale's great end, Frank Hinkie, was rendered ineffective as the Eli streak ended with a 6 to nothing. Princeton triumph and that comes from newspapers.com that great post uh, had a headline it's on December 1st 1893 which let, read Princeton beats Yale pretty simple but straightforward you know what it means another birthday May 12th 1948 in Fargo North Dakota Joe Cicci was a North Dakota State safety from 1968 to 1970, and that was the day of his birth. Joe entered his first season on the Bison team as a second-string quarterback. By, by the end of the next year, he was a starting safety, and he made the College Division All-America team in 1969-1970 as his North Dakota State team was the national champions in an Associated Press poll in both 68 and 69 per his NFF bio and uh, he ended up going into the college football hall of fame at the induction ceremonies in 1997 1949 on the 12th of may worcester massachusetts don mccauley of the north carolina team he was a running back from the season of 1968 to 1970 for the tar heel and the football describes mccauley as a great all-around offensive weapon this is made evident by his 1968 stats as he led the team in pass receptions with 23 in 1969 he led the nation in all-purpose running with 183.7 yards per game rushing receiving and kick returns and don was always Always tops in the country in scoring with 126 points as he scored 21 touchdowns in 11 games and returned a 97-yard kickoff against Georgia Tech in 1970. He had 47 carries against Duke. He was a workhorse. He was productive. And he went into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2001. And after playing with the Tar Heels were done, they retired his jersey number 23. And Don went on to play 11 years with the Baltimore Colts in the National Football League. And that is something special there. A special player 
and uh, some great things there. Now, we also have some football news. On May 12, 1892, the Rules Convention adopted a rule that others, that uh, the umpire could warn any person on the coaching staff from the sidelines, and the second offense would have the offender watch the rest of the game from behind the ropes. Remember, coaches could not coach from the sideline. That was up to the captains to do. They were allowed to talk at halftime before games, but not during the game. And uh, that rule was uh, really enforced there back in 1892. On May 12, 1966, the St. Louis Bush Stadium opens. Uh, the Braves lost to the Cards 4-3 in 12 innings. The St. Louis Football Cardinals played in Bush Stadium from 1966 through 1985. And the St. Louis Rams also played there and had the last home football game in the final gridiron game. They played on October 22, 1995 against the San Francisco 49ers, according to Wikipedia. Now, the Rams left Bush Stadium and referred for baseball only and the grass was replaced with astroturf and numerous other improvements were completed at bush stadium there after that 1995 season and that's your sports history for today we're so glad that you were able to join us again we're so glad that we were able to bring this to you we hope you join us each and every time we have a new podcast out best way to do that is to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast provider join our newsletter as we told you earlier you go to the show notes and it's easy to do that or go to pigskin dispatch and jerseydispatch.com each and every day and you'll know when we come up because we post them right on our front of our page and we also have a section that's our latest podcast can check out all our podcasts there and download them free at will open 24 hours a day always there on the internet so till next time everybody have a great sports history day we're dribbling around and see the shot clock's almost out so we got to put up our shot and come back tomorrow for some more great sports history we invite you to check out our websites jerseydispatch.com and pigskindispatch.com not only see the daily sports history but to experience the preservation of great events and people that play the games find us on pigskin dispatch it's also on social media outlets of facebook twitter instagram and don't forget the pigskin dispatch youtube channel to get all your daily sports history pigskin dispatch is happy to be associated with the sports history network the sports headquarters of yesteryear found at sportshistorynetwork.com This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.